You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Your Wednesday edition of Locked On Browns with your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, Locked On Browns, at Locked On Browns, all lowercase, follow back account, DMs are open. Anyway, to get in touch with me, things you want to send over, ideas for the show, requests, you guys know the DMs are always open and you can hit me there anytime you need. We're going to talk today about some of the remaining positional battles on the defensive side of the field. Uh, we're going to talk a little actually special teams today with uh, Coach Mike Prefer taking uh, the to the podium, to the Zoom, uh, to talk about his special teams unit, which he seems extremely proud of. Some thoughts on Austin Seibert. Um, we're going to open it up here. As many of you know, as you know, your longtime listeners of Lockdown Browns or you know, you follow me, on Twitter, uh, today is the one-year anniversary of my father's death. Jeff Lloyd Sr., Big Jeff, Pops, he was a great man. Um, he, he's, he's dearly lost, he's dearly missed, he's dearly loved. It's crazy to think that it's been a year already. In many ways, it, it feels just as soon as yesterday that the wound is there. You know, I talked about it, you know, last year, you know, when it had first happened. And at the time, September 2nd of 2019, I was, you know, trying to get through it by saying, well, man, you know, I might be covering the greatest season in Cleveland Browns history. And that was kind of a focus that tried to get me through 2019 and the remaining and the days and weeks and months after his passing. Obviously, that did not happen. Uh, many days I feel like a car that is still stuck in park or the emergency brake is on lock and you can't get it off. Um, it's, I spent, obviously, my entire life with my father. I worked close, closely with my dad for 23 years, from the time I was 22 up until I was you know, 45 and a half years old. Um, we had you know, businesses that worked together in correspondence um, with each other. Um, I, I spent 50, 60 hours a week with him. I spent more time with him over the last 16 years than I actually did with my own wife. Um, you know, I, I didn't lose, you know, my father. I lost my mentor. I lost my friend. I lost a man who was my boss for many years. Um, it, 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 I still pick up the phone sometimes and think I'm going to try and call him, realizing it's going to lead to, you know, nothing at all. It's, it's hard. Um, you know, I obviously I went and the reason the show's a little late today is, you know, Winston spent some time with my mother this morning. You know, my mother had known my father since she was 14 years old, essentially the same age as my oldest daughter right now. Um, my mom, you know, now 73 years old and, you know, a widow. Um, one year removed from you know, her husband leaving this earth, it, it's 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 a lot. And you know, if I can tell you guys anything or give you any words of advice is, and if we've learned anything over the last almost six months now is, you know, families forever. You know, don't you know? Look, there's going to be BS. There's going to be squabbles. There's going to be nonsense, and it goes on within every familial unit. But 
at the end of the day, it's all it is. It's nonsense. It's noise. It's a disagreement. You, you know, cherish what you have every day. And I, I, I was pretty good with that. I, you know, I appreciated the living daylights out of my father. He was a great man. He was very diverse. You know, in addition to his nine to five, which is a joke, the man probably worked 10 to 12 hours a day. He loved to play music. He was in a country western band here in New Jersey, and he performed for over 50 years. He was extremely proud of it. Um, it was just, it was his way of you know, blowing off steam. Um, and it's probably part of the reason why I do this podcast. It's, you know, because he used to talk about that and say, you know, that's the one thing that doesn't bother me as far as work, because he enjoyed it. And he always stressed upon us if there was any way you could find a way to do some work that you thoroughly enjoyed, you know, the compensation was fantastic, but you were actually doing something that you truly enjoyed. He loved the water. He, you know, he was always owned a boat. Um, one of the last, you know, family times I had spent with him was August 5th of 2019, my sister's birthday and a bunch, you know, the grandkids and, you know, my sisters and some others, you know, we went on the boat with him and we all got to spend some time together. And at the time, I, you know, I knew, you know, he was struggling with his health. Um, he was scheduled later in the month to, you know, have a heart valve replacement. Sadly, the surgery, you know, didn't go as expected. And, you know, he ended up, you know, in an induced in coma hours later. You know, by the fi time I finally got to see him, you know, he was strapped to every machine possible. 275,000 medicines, it felt like, in machines and tubes. And, and, you know, as the news of that weekend broke, it wasn't positive. It was, you know he's, you know, he's battling, but this is a battle that, you know, no human being is sadly going to be able to win. Uh, so again, if you've learned anything over the last six months, and if you can take anything from this little, you know, dialogue tribute I'm giving here is never sweat the small shit. Let it go. Um, there's just too much, and life is too important. Family is too important and don't be afraid to pick up that phone don't be afraid to call someone you love someone that means the world to you and let them know that because you're truly never going to know when the last opportunity is to do that so i'll close with this dad i miss you i miss you a ton uh, mom's doing the best she can she's you know she's really trying to hold it down you'd be really really proud of her it's, it's a lot it's a lot. It's a lot on her plate, but she's doing all she can, uh, you know, to you know, stay the course. And again, you'd be really proud of her. Your sons and your daughters miss you. Your grandsons and your granddaughters miss you. We all miss you a lot. And I guess I'll just leave it at this, Dad. Until we meet again, I love you, buddy. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers up the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like the airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or an account login. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand's specifications and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on with a space, all caps, in their how did you hear about us box. 
so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Now, I mentioned, obviously, now we spoke with Pete yesterday and we talked about remaining battles on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, sadly, you know, and rightfully so, you know, Brown's you know, live was fantastic. But look, there's stuff going in for Baltimore already. And this is stuff, obviously, that they don't want anybody seeing. So therefore, the live stream is over. We're going to get the live scrimmage Friday night, 7 o'clock. will obviously be, you know, the dress rehearsal for the regulars who will be part of you know the week one opener at Baltimore, but for a lot of guys, it's 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 it. It's their last chance. It's their last chance to make their mark on this front office, on this coaching staff, as to whether or not you know they are going to get to you know stick around for Baltimore, or maybe manipulate themselves onto a practice squad. The defensive line, we know Miles Garrett's going to be here. We know Olivier Vernon's going to be here. We know Adrian Claiborne's going to be here. We know Larry Ogunjobi's going to be here. <clears throat> we know Sheldon Richardson's going to be here. We know Jordan Elliott's going to be here. That's six D line. Normally, you like to keep eight. Now, you look at some other players on this defensive line. You know, if you want to point out guys who have had a tremendously strong training camp, it is Porter Gustin. Gustin. And look, I'm not patting myself on the back. As you guys all know, I was a big proponent of Porter Gustin and what I felt he could be. Um, but he's put together a strong, strong camp, you know, as far as, you know, being one of the defensive ends who probably got the most reps in this camp with Miles Garrett missing time. And Miles Garrett, it seems to be back now. Look, with Miles Garrett, the thing is just holding out. Look, you don't drive your Porsche every single day. You maybe drive it on Sundays. And that's the deal with Miles Garrett. He's that good. You don't want to risk anything any other time. But unless it's, you know, in a money situation. But getting back to Gustin, uh, you know, the run support has been there. Um, several opportunities where he was in the backfield for would-be sacks. He's thoroughly outplayed, uh, you know, now in his third year, Chad Thomas. There's no question about that. Now you get to the defensive tackle position. Elianku has had a pretty strong camp. And one thing that favors Elianku in this situation is, Elianku, I should say, is the fact that he is the closest resemblance of what they lost in a player like Andrew Billings. He's big, he can move laterally, he can take on blockers. His hands have been a little more active as far as you know disrupting passes than I think anybody could hope for. I mean, that may not carry over to the regular season, which is, okay, you need him to be <coughs> a big-bodied run-stuffing, run-stuffer. Ogunjobi, Richardson, Elliott, these guys are more, you know, quickness, and that first step is more their game and which leads to success that they have at the defensive tackle position. Anku is different in that he can absorb the blocking and he can hopefully keep blockers off your linebackers, keep everybody clean. I think he's pretty safe here, Eli Anku, which gets you to eight defensive uh, players on the defensive line. Now you get into what do you do with that last spot. Um, Daniel Aquale, obviously been here with the Browns for a while, um, got an opportunity to play last year, um, probably would have gotten even more time before he ultimately ended up getting uh, injured during the Patriot game, and that ended his 2019 season. Chad Thomas maybe still fighting, you know, tooth and claw here, but you are four deep at the defensive end. Um, in passing situations, you can maybe use Sione Takitaki if you were there. So the question is, are you going five deep? Because most likely you're keeping nine. Nine is your normal number at the defensive line position. And the way Joe Woods has stressed this here, you would believe it's it's going to be nine. So does it come down to a Daniel Aquale, a Chad Thomas, 
or essentially door number three, which could be somebody that could be acquired um, Labor Day weekend coming up here with you know the cuts and then obviously you know the waiver claims. Um, I, I'm not sure. Me personally, I I would say without knowing what's behind door number three, obviously, I think it could be Daniel Aquale because Sheldon Richardson can give you snaps at defensive end. It's something he's done, and we've talked about this before. He's played hand in the ground defensive end. There were even days back in the day for the Jets he played stand up edge in a three four. So if what's in house, I would say it's a quale because then you can maybe essentially say you have four and a half defensive ends and four and a half defensive tackles. But we'll see. Um, you know, maybe Chad Thomas puts together a strong week. Something happens. Who knows? Um, but it, you know, if I was going to put it in order, I'd say a quale one. I would say door number three two, and I'd say probably Chad Thomas number three. The battle at the linebacker position. Look, Mac Wilson's going to remain on the roster. Obviously, he's going to be inactive for games, you know, in the beginning of the season here. You know, the word now is maybe four to six weeks, just depending on, you know, how the knee comes around. And this is great for Mac Wilson. I mean, just to think that, you know, the season was maybe over before it essentially got started for this young man after all the effort he put in this offseason. Um, and, you know, that's one of the things, and everybody knows I've maybe had my issues with Mac Wilson's play, but. You know, the the work ethic, it's inspiring. You know, his will and want to succeed is inspiring. Um, so to hopefully we'll get to see that here. But Mac Wilson will be on this in this linebacker room. Question's gonna be when he's actually gonna be able to take the field. BJ Goodson, obviously he is in. Jordan Phillips, obviously in. Sioni Takitaki, obviously in. That gives you four linebackers right now. But keep in mind, just you know, first few weeks here. That's only three that can actually play for you. You get down to Tay Davis. I think Tay Davis has shown well in the reps he's gotten within the linebacker unit. I don't think this is maybe a reflection either way on Mac Wilson. I think Tay Davis, with how he played well last year on special teams and won over Coach Mike Prefer, combined with that he's looked like he can maybe give you some serviceable serviceable reps within defense here as a coverage standpoint, as a linebacker. So there is your fifth linebacker. Now you get to the Willie Harveys, and you get to the Ajayas, and you get to McCray. You know, Willie Harvey was here last year, covered some special teams. Ajaye, I, I, not much. I have, you know, not a knock on him, just haven't seen enough. Um, so, and then you get to McCray, and I, I think Willie Harvey should have this handled. Um, it's going to be because he can play specials. Um, he'll be your sixth linebacker. It's going to give, you know, five linebackers for game days until Mac Wilson's ready. I think Willie Harvey's got this spot. The cornerback position, it's been, it's been fun because, you know, obviously the injuries were difficult with Greedy Williams, who appears, you know, any day now, he'll be back and it sounds more and more like he'll be ready to go for Baltimore. Kevin Johnson, um, they told us week to week, so whether or not he's going to be able to play Baltimore, we should know by Monday. Um, still, highest, highest of doubt that Kevin Johnson is going to be ready to go that early. MJ Stewart, um, by the time we get to the Baltimore game, you're talking what will maybe have been two and a half weeks with the hamstring. Question is, how severe was the hamstring injury, whether or not he's been, you know, whether he'll be ready to go. Terrence Mitchell, um, missed a little time. Terrence Mitchell has been fantastic. And this is where the cornerback room really got interesting. Everybody has been really good. You know, Donnie Lewis Jr. has looked pretty good. He could probably give you some slot reps. A.J. Green, the undrafted free agents, looks good. Donovan Lumbo is probably the most physically physical-looking presence at the position. And obviously, he's gotten a ton of ton of early reps. One thing is we don't get a lot of the special teams looks here. And I'm sorry, Tavier Thomas, I should mention him as well. We don't get a lot of looks at all the things we need to see in special team drills. 
So we're not exactly sure who's doing what, who's holding their weight, holding their water in special teams. But there's going to be a couple of cuts that come from that cornerback room. And any one of these guys, whether it's Lewis, whether it's A.J. Green, whether it's Donovan Alumbo, you know, whether, you know, whether it's Terrence Mitchell, obviously, Tavier Thomas, all of these guys have probably earned the right to make this team with the, their play this summer. It's just one of those weird situations where you got super deep at a one positional group and everybody kind of showed out. Um, is there an opportunity maybe you can trade one or two of these guys? Possibly. I mean, is there an opportunity one of these guys can maybe find a way to take some safety reps to alleviate the blow of Grant Delpit? We'll see. Um, it, it, but it's going to be tough because it's going to be really tough. And I know Joe Woods, who loves his defensive backs, this is going to be a tough weekend for him because they're going to have to say goodbye to a defensive back or two that Joe Woods really, really was impressed with. So we'll see how that plays out. The safety position, uh, you know, Carl Joseph was going to make this team. Andrew Sandeo was going to make this team. <clears throat> Sheldrick Redwine was going to make this team. We know all this. Uh, the blow of Grant Elpit already on injured reserve and out for the season. The question is, you know, has a Moffitt, has a Meander, have any of these guys done enough to make this roster as the fourth safety? I'm not going to believe they have. I'm still going to believe somehow, some way, there is going to be another safety brought in here. You know, everybody knows I thought so highly that Logan Ryan may have been that guy. Certainly didn't pass out. But you know what the core three is. And a lot's going to be on Redwine's plate. And for him to continue to have a strong week this week and hopefully show out well Friday night is big. Um, he has the most athleticism out of the guys in the group. Carl Joseph likes to play a lot around the line of scrimmage, blow things up. Sendejo is just kind of like a quarterback within that secondary where he's going to be really smart. He's going to make sure everybody's lined up correctly. Um, still can play. You know, Maybe the, physically get, the physical gifts are a little dwarfed here in year 10 for Andrew Sendejo. But make no mistake about it, he'll be a vital piece. But I am telling you, the fourth safety on the Browns roster has not been acquired yet. He is not in the building yet. He's essentially Mr. X for now. It was great, obviously, you know, uh, breaking down the defensive side of the ball here like we had for the offensive side of the ball yesterday. We're going to continue to get to more here. We'll talk a little special teams here to close out your Wednesday Locked on Browns. A new season's on up upon us, the 2020 season. It's time to get some fresh gear, guys, and get ready for this 2020 season. If I'm gearing up, it's where you should gear up. Zabo Apparel, S-Z-A-B-L. Brian and his family have the store in Vermilion. Obviously, everything's available online or through their website, ZaboApparel.com. Can be found on Twitter and Instagram, Zabo Apparel. Um, great family, work really hard, put out a quality product. If you are looking for fresh gear for the 2020 season, Cleveland Browns related, it is imperative that you go and get geared up with Zabo Apparel. As we mentioned today, uh, Mike Pre forgot to speak today, and we got to hear on the special team side of the ball, and we also got to hear from Austin Seibert. So we're going to go into this a little bit, talk a little, obviously, you know, special teams here, something we don't get a to a ton of, but you know, we'll talk a little bit what Prefer had to tell us today. Um, Mike Prefer still fans. Uh, he thinks Jojo Natson can bring something to the return game. And I talked about this yesterday. I think Jojo Natson is probably going to make this team just because I think he's going to beat out Hilliard as a return guy. I don't think you want to overdo it yet with Donovan Peoples-Jones. And I think Dearness Johnson has earned his own roster spot. So Coach Prefer mentioned these four as far as being in the return possibilities. You know, if Hilliard's out, I, I think you keep Natson because his best trait is 
obviously as a return man, Donovan Peoples-Jones, any rookie here, you just want to slowly, slowly ingratiate them into what you're going to do with them. And Dearness Johnson, regardless of whether or not he returns kicks, I think Dearness Johnson has made this roster flat out. There's just no way around it. Dearness Johnson has had that strong of a camp. Um, Austin Seibert, um, on him, um, you know, and there's been talks from camp, you know, the kicking hasn't been that consistent. Seibert's excited. He thinks, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Prefer is excited. Thinks Austin Seibert is bigger, stronger, and more accurate than he was at this time last year. So, you know, signs looking good for Austin Seibert. They never really brought in any other real co- competition. This was never a question. This was Austin Seibert's job. There was no reason to risk bringing in a kicker for camp when you only had 80 guys as it was. You might have just probably wanted to evaluate, you know, folks who were going to do you know, bigger roles and have more impact, 50, 60 plays a game, as opposed to the kicker. Austin Seibert has earned his gig um, Seibert was also a punter in college and this came up. Um, and so, you know, if there were ever something wrong and obviously there's been, you know, the issues with, you know, um, the hammer as far as, you know, tests and negative tests and, you know, he admitted he was, you know, COVID positive at one point. Austin Seibert can punt in a pinch. So God forbid that were to happen. It's certainly, certainly, um, you know, a possibility, you know, for, you know, the, this season, um, so it was good to hear from Prefer. Obviously, it was good to hear from Seibert, who seems really excited and really, really excited about you know, the blonde mohawk, which, sorry, guys, just not a fan anymore. Um, and apparently the mullet is a competition. So good luck, gentlemen, with that. Um, I'm getting excited for the season. Um, and it's been really hard throughout all of this to try to think that maybe this would come to fruition. But as the days pass and... You know, the information comes in and it seems the players are putting the onus on themselves to make their lives about football and football only right now. I think we're going to be able to pull this off, kids, and I'm getting pretty excited about it and knowing that, obviously, we're 11 days away from season opener versus the Ravens. I'm getting there. Um, I appreciate you guys for letting me, you know, basically give my personal mea culpa on my father. Um, of course, me and the family miss him greatly. We got to talk about the defensive side and, you know, the final, you know, roster battles that are going on there. Uh, a little special teams to talk. I know some of you guys have been asking for that, so we got to sneak a little bit in here for you guys as that goes. This um, puts an end to it. Uh, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show itself, at Lockdown Browns, all lowercase. DMs are open. Lockdown Browns is a follow-back account. Questions for the show, ideas for the show, anything you guys would like to hear, you know you can just go ahead and hit me up over there. I appreciate everybody. Have a great day. We'll be back tomorrow. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.